When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Welcome back, Rush Nation, to the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sport Podcast. Nailed that this week, Mark. Yes. We muddled up the words last week, but we are back with the correct podcast this oui. week. We. Oui. I do take full ownership. It was me, but no, no need to, no need to dwell. Um, yeah, we're we're back again. Your host, as always, Nick Owen, and joining me is one of my favourite people when it comes to talking NFL. It is, of course, Sir Mark Ferguson. How are we doing, Mark, this week? Oh, yeah, I had a very, very disappointing week last week. I think, as a lot of people did. Yeah, uh, very weird slate. Low scoring. When, Tra- when Traquan Smith-, Smith is in the top five scorers, you know it's been a, a tricky week. The highest score I think was only twenty-seven points by Travis Kelsey. So yeah, I um glad to move on to this this weekend. Really, what about yeah. yourself? Yeah, pretty much the same. Um, a lot of a lot of poor performances from big names and highly owned names as well. Uh, was was glad that I you know hit on some like Cam Akers and Travis Kelsey but it, it outside of that it was very much just you know Michael Thomas zeros no one expects 
zeros there from from yeah. the slot the slot guy. Um, it, it was just a poor weekend. There's, there's not much more to say on that, Mark. I know I didn't really no. have any returns there on any of my lineups, and I did separate lineups for the Saturday and the Sunday, and I did I did joint lineups as well. And I was just very unfortunate. I had Lamar Jackson in quite a few, and obviously he, he exited the game early, and I had Pat Mahomes in a few. So even though he, he scored modestly well, I suppose for a quarterback with twenty one point six, he's 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 overall output was limited because he he did exit the game but not a great weekend as you said I'm I'm glad that one's over and done with and we're moving on to the conference championship this weekend um one thing I will just touch on before we do move on to the conference championship is an absolutely amazing opportunity that we've got for the listeners of the show, but also followers of the Five Yard Rush. So anyone that follows the Five Yard Rush on Twitter may have seen within the last, I believe it's only the last 12 hours that it's been announced, Mark, but we have teamed up with the absolutely gorgeously tasting smokehouse hickories, and we are providing a Super Bowl feast for a lucky winner. And the way that this will work is to enter the competition. There's no cost. You just have to follow the five yard rush. So that is on Twitter at five yard rush and also following hickories, which is at hickories underscore. And the tweet is pinned to the five yard rush Twitter page. So it'll be the top one that you see. Just tag two of your friends in the, um, and the Super Bowl feast. If you are the fortunate winner, will be delivered to your door in time for the action in February when the Super Bowl takes place. So, great contest. Hickory's is such a nice place to eat. I know we were talking about it prior to the pod, and you've never actually been to Hickory's, have you, Mark? But I certainly have, and it's so nice. Um, You would be absolutely crazy to miss out on that. So, get following the five-yard rush, get following Hickory's, tag two of your friends, in that post and you could be absolutely pigging out on the meat when it comes to Super Bowl Sunday. See, that's why I can't win this competition. It's tagging two friends. Yeah. I don't have <laughs> <two> friends. <laughs> I've actually been tagged by a friend already and I was like, no, why have you done that? You've wasted a tag. I cannot win. You will not win this now. So any of my friends that do listen, any of them that have seen it, do not tag me. I cannot win this contest. I mm. am a, a staff, if you want to call it that, at Five Yard Rush. You know, we're colleagues. We cannot win it. It would not be fair. So please stop tagging me. You're only doing yourself an injustice by doing that. But thanks very much for the sentiment. I do do appreciate that, and I would love to win it. But unfortunately, the next hickories I have, I will be paying for. I'll, I'll work on finding a second friend before next year's Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Here I can antagonize competitions. <laughs> <laughs> Conference championship weekend then, Mark. So, oh, sadly, we've got no games on the Saturday this week. I was starting to get used to that after a couple of weeks, but we're, we're back to just full Sunday slate now. So we've got the Tampa Bay Bucks at the Packers as the game at five past eight on Sunday. And then we've got the 11.40 game, which is Bills at Chiefs. This is two fantastic matchups 
which are you, I mean, there's only two, Mark, but which are you most looking forward to mm-hmm. or can you not split them at the moment? Well, from a fantasy point of view, Bills and Chiefs is the obvious um, one to be most excited. But, obvious, but actually, from a football point of view, the Battle of the Bays is the one that's interests me more. Yeah. I, do, I, 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 I think that's a hard one to call. I'll see how it will go. So. I think they're both difficult games to call. I'd still favour the Chiefs over the Bills if Patrick Mahomes is is good to go. The Packers and Bucks, very very split on that, very divided in in terms in in who I think will will come out on top there. I, I sort of want the Packers to come out on top because I think Aaron Rodgers deserves another ring. However, I know that Murphy is a Bucks fan, and Tom Brady's done absolute wonders there for a 43-year-old quarterback this season. So I wouldn't mind the Packers, of course, winning for, for Murph's benefit. I've got no ties in the other game, the Chiefs and the Bills. Oh. It would be great to see the Bills reach the Super Bowl, but I feel like it would also be great to see the Chiefs actually go back and, and repeat and, and do it again. So no no loyalties there at all, but I'm really looking forward to this weekend's games, Mark. We will dissect them, of course. So we've just got one slate this week, which is the Sunday slate. We've got an even smaller pool of players to be choosing from. Very small pool of players. We're, we're almost It's an happy. easy pod this week. We just name every player. Just yeah. name every player. And then we'll take a victory lap next week. We're almost, the Super Bowl show. we're almost at the point where it's not a pool of players anymore. It's more just like a, a like a little puddle of players, yeah, if you want to call it, it that. Is. It is a puddle of players. So, Especially at running back. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll do what we've done in previous weeks, Mark, I think. We'll just look at the games and who we're liking from those games. There's only two to, to choose from. Um, we'll start with the Tampa Bay-Green Bay game because, of course, that is the one that's kicking us off. So anyone that's standing out here for you this week? I think... Uh, so there's four good quarterbacks in this, um, in this slate. But I suspect a lot of ownership will be on the um, on Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. I think there's a chance. I say low ownership. I mean, just relatively speaking, it'll be low ownership because uh, there's only four options. But I think um, Brady and Rogers could probably be had pretty cheap, as it were, for you know, the cheapest in low ownership. I think. Uh, I, I think in this game, there's the obvious. There's the obvious receiving options in terms of Adams and the trio of Tampa Bay receivers. I expect Antonio Brown will probably end up back on the field. They didn't do much last week, but I don't think that's going to happen again this week. But if you're looking for, if you're looking to differentiate yourself a little bit, I think Ronald Jones might be the play this week. He didn't last week. Fournette scored a lot of fantasy points, but Ronald Jones still had plenty of work. He had like 13 carries on the target, I think, and that was his first week back after injury. Generally speaking, when they've both been available, Arians has preferred Jones to Fournette. Yeah. Throughout the season, yeah, yeah. So I think um, I think there's some pretty obvious obvious options, and again, we could just be daft and name every single player. But if I had to pick one as a sort of potential difference maker, because this could, the lineups are going to be so similar this week in the yep. field contest, Ronald Jones might be the play for me. I think that that is what's going to be the difference, isn't it? Because I would I would suspect that Devontae Adams is going to be such high ownership. You know, your your big hitters are all going to be high ownership across the two games. But 
yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd really like that pick. And strangely enough, Mark, I, I'd put Leonard Fournette in what I'm, there's one lineup that I'm looking at right now, and Leonard Fournette is in that. And I remember looking at Jones and thinking, oh, he doesn't look like he's actually the feature back, but important to note that he was coming off that quadriceps injury. Mm-hmm. So you could be absolutely right. I think it, it, it feels a bit like a hot hand kind of thing in, in Tampa Bay, because I remember early on in the season, they were giving a little bit of work to Fournette, but then Jones had a couple of runs of games where he, he really performed and he, it shot him to the top of the depth chart. Unfortunate for him that he had his hint, he's had his injury. Um, but Fournette played well last week. One thing I think is is guaranteed with this is I think that could potentially be the key to this game. One thing the Rams did very well last week. I say one thing, pretty much the only thing they did well last week was run the ball successfully against this defense, and we've seen so many teams do it this season. So, is it potentially feasible that Fournette and Jones are both a play this week if you yeah. had them both in your lineup? Definitely, if you've got enough lineups as well, definitely. Uh, the thing about Fournette is he was a healthy scratch at some mm. points in the second half of the season, which Again, makes me a bit wary of him. He's the second most expensive running back, I think. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, let's show you how poor the running back position is this week and how hard it is. But yeah, you could definitely put the both of them in there. If you think that, you know, Tampa Bay is just going to run, run, run to try and keep um, Rodgers and Adams off the field, which, you know, is quite a popular sort of um, uh, strategy, then yeah. I think uh, I find it weird on the other side though that Aaron Jones is the most expensive running back on the slate when you look at like how little usage he generally gets mm. I mean if he doesn't hit a long one or score a touchdown or two he doesn't score many points well last last week alone 14 rushing attempts 99 yards but you can take it or if you do take one of those away that went for 60 mm. yards you're looking at 13 rushing attempts for yeah. 39 yards so it's it's a big difference that the usage drops right down there one thing I was just looking at between Fournette and Jones um, even though Fournette of course was the standout scorer between the two last week he wasn't anywhere near as efficient as Jones was he was averaging 3.7 yards per carry where Jones was averaging 4.8 yards per carry that's interesting yeah and actually the difference in carries was only four Mm. So and that was Jones coming back from injury after being off for a few weeks. So I think it's such a tricky position running back. I don't. I personally think, and I'll, I'll talk about this when we're talking about the Bills Chiefs game. There's another area which is going to actually differentiate your lineups from being, you know, good or average to really successful. We'll come back to that. But this running back position is so tricky to choose. Yeah. One name that you mentioned last week, Mark, was Robert Tonyan. You liked as yeah. a bit of a, a differential play, a bit of budget at tight end. Yeah. He's actually dropped in price this week to three six. Yeah, someone that and you've got your eye on. Yeah, and he's he's definitely he's definitely in the pool, as it were. But because if you're not going to pay the eight k for Kelsey, then what options have you got? Yeah, I mean he's going to be the second. He's going to be quite popular, isn't it? It's going to be Kelsey and, and Tonyan. Kelsey does take up a lot of salary. <laughs> he does, but he he seems he, he's this, he's by far the safest play. I think you, you know even if you were including any Chiefs receiver in that, I think he is the safest play this weekend. Probably, well, potentially from that matchup, other than maybe Diggs 
who we know gets his targets and gets his yards. Mm. But he's, yeah. he's so he's so consistent, Kelsey. He's not had a score of less than twenty two for the past five weeks, and he's he's yeah. broke he's broke thirty twice and come close I, a third time. I, I think if you want to play the you want to play other big player receivers, if you want to play more than more than one of them, then you're going to have to possibly um, take Kelsey out of your lineup. So Tonyan seems like the second best option. But I think we'll come back to one of my old favourites in the next game as another way to even save even more money because Tonya doesn't exactly set the world off on fire, does he? <clears throat> he really doesn't. You mentioned, Mark, that we've got four quarterbacks. So I know that your interest is, is mainly in the Buffalo and Kansas City game. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. if you were picking one out of the two, who are you favouring this week? Oh, <clears throat> Rogers. Yeah, I can't disagree. Yeah. He's 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 yeah. the one that I've got lined up at the moment. Yeah, I think I think Tom Brady. I think Rogers might be the um, might be the lowest owned, just because the Tampa Bay Bucks defense has such a good reputation. Mm. Yeah, the Bills Chiefs defense don't have a very good reputation in terms of that. Um, and quickly just checking this out. Interestingly, yeah, Tampa- Green Bay's got a good pass defense as well, hasn't it? So. The Tampa Bay defense is very, very good against the run when you look at points scored mm-hmm. against, but they're only a middling defense against quarterbacks, mm-hmm. whereas Green Bay's defense is ranked as the third best against quarterbacks, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. But I think they'll both be a lot lower owned than Mahomes and Allen, so I yeah. think you can go either way. If you want the savings, obviously go for Tom Brady. And know, I th- he has got a little bit of a history of turning up in big games, so... I think with you know Mahomes, I think is definitely going to be the the high owned because it doesn't look like the potential concussion is is going to hold him out. He's apparently expected to practice on Wednesday, so if that is the case, then you know he'll he'll be in pads when it comes to Sunday. Definitely. Mm. The thing about Mahomes is before he got injured and before he um you know he got knocked out. He was actually limping because he'd injured his toe and he was visibly limping as well. Yeah. And so that, that and toe injuries sound so minor, but in um in the NFL they're massive. Mm. And you know, he would have been running on that in pure adrenaline of, during the game, etc. But obviously that's stopped now. So, you know, he might he might have some issues. I mean, that, he's just one of those quarterbacks who can literally stand statue still and throw the ball sixty yards. So he has that in his favour. But his mobility will definitely be affected, I should think. So just something to bear in mind with Mahomes. Yeah, definitely. We toe injuries, you know, they, they can can be huge. Just ask ask David Hay. I know it's a different sport, but mm-hmm. David Hay was uh injured his little toe and for some reason forgot out of box. So we can see what toe injuries can actually do to you. In terms I of the... hope he's not a listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, David, if you are. In terms of the Green Bay and Tampa Bay game, Mark, I know you touched on the receivers as well, and I, I suspect that Devontae Adams is going to be in almost every lineup there is. You, you've then got the, the the three guys from Tampa Bay, Evans, Godwin, Brown, all priced, well, Godwin and Evans priced fairly similar. Brown is the cheapest of the three at 4700 The budget receivers, if you want to call it that, from this game, you know, your Alan Lazard, your Valdez Scantling at a price lower than the lot. So is there any there that you're 
or including. We saw Lazard last week had had that big breakaway score, but outside of that, it wouldn't have really been that productive. And likewise, the the same for MVS as well. He he didn't really have much of a say in the game, despite being targeted eight times. Yeah, I think if you're looking for consistency, you don't choose anybody, either of those two. But obviously, you brought this up last week about MVS and his big playability, which may well be the difference. Could yeah. well be the difference in this this weekend. So um, if you're playing, depends on the sort of contest you're in. If you're in a large field contest and you think you need to have people like this, um, again, now I've got a little bit more to talk about that when you talk about the Bills-Chiefs game. If you're playing in small field contests, then I think you probably want to go for safer plays than that. Yeah. More consistent plays. The last thing, uh, and, and again, we've defences in recent weeks, a cheap defence has tended to perform quite well. It, it, unfortunately, it didn't happen last week with the Rams, but the Bucks are the cheapest defence mm. of this slate at 2,700. The Bills are at 2.8, the Chiefs at 3.1, and then the Packers at 3.6, staggeringly. Mm. Is the Bucks defence one that you're looking at, Mark? Yeah, I mean, as I said every week, I pick the defence based on how much money I've got left. I don't, it's always the last last thought of me that I, I find it weird that the Packers is nine hundred more yes. than the Bucks. Don't you? Very odd. It's almost as if they're predicting that this game will be not not necessarily heavily scored in favour of Green Bay, but Green Bay should come away a comfortable winner potentially for the defence to be ranked there. I don't mm. know. That that's yeah. that's the impression I'm yeah. getting. But when you look at the actual points per game. Tampa Bay's is the, the second highest on that list, just behind the Bills by 0.3 per game. So, and we we know that they are a good defense, and they seem to seem to have turned it on at the right time as well. Definitely, yeah, it's, that's very odd. I think we've done the, uh, the the Green Bay and Tampa Bay game almost to death, there, Mark. So we'll move yeah. on then to the game that you are most excited about, which is, of course, the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. So. I know that you did say earlier that you've pretty much got your eye on everyone in this game, but <laughs> enlighten our listeners, Mark. Who is it that's making well, it the way to your lineup? <laughs> no, no, not everybody, but like Josh Allen's only 6.9K. You know, Josh Allen's my favourite non non Washington um, player, so I find that very interesting. I think at the running back position, again, it's very tricky. In the first game between these two teams in week six, um, Clyde Edwards there had 26 carries and four targets. They weren't very run heavy. The Chiefs, I don't know if they're going to again. We don't know if he'll be back, if he's going to split carries. We're interested on your views on that. Um, Singletary is the only running back in Buffalo, but they don't really run. <laughs> so, yep. so I just, I, again, just more questions about the running back position. I'm just looking at Edwards alone. And obviously, he was, he was completely inactive last week, wasn't he? Um, and Adam Schefter is saying that it's it's left ankle sprain and left hip strain. Now, we know that ankle sprains can be very difficult, not very difficult to recover from because that's not, that's, that's not true, but it, it, it can take time to recover from. It, it, it can take weeks. Very painful yeah. injury, especially for a running back who... All of all of your sort of your your elusiveness, all of your burst is is coming from those those small little adjustments that you're making in plays, and 
if if you've got a bit of a of, of a gammy ankle, then for me, I'm not looking at Edward Soler this week. If he, I mean, if he's good to go, he'd definitely be in consideration. But for me, I'm uh, playoff playoff Daryl Williams seems to have emerged again mm-hmm. to to save the Chiefs. He did this last year in the playoffs and played really well, and and they went and drafted Edward Soler. But he, he's um, added decent game I suppose last week he, he three times his value really at 4000 finished on 13.4 points he's priced a bit more modestly I suppose this week at 4800 as you'd expect given that they're obviously assuming he's going to be taking the lion's share of the carries again Le'Veon Bell is a, is a strange one because he, he was you know he, there was no sort of designation tag on him last week but Two rushing attempts for six yards. What happened there, Mark? Where, where is Le'Veon Bell? He's not. He's just not part of their offense really at all, is he? He hasn't been. Oh, it yeah, seemed, it 15, seemed a strange yeah, pickup, carries. didn't it? Yeah. Well, it's strange how these players sometimes just look look so bad in different situations. Yeah, where he's looked like one of the greatest running backs of all time in Pittsburgh, and then he just um, just doesn't look good. I say it seemed a strange pickup at the time. I suppose it seemed almost a sensible pickup because I know Edward Hiller was was having some struggles actually finding the end zone. Um, but he's he, he's had some decent performances since Bell has actually arrived in in Kansas. So yeah, I don't know, strange one that, but. That is that's one of those games. I mean, we we know on the Buffalo side of the ball, you, you, you can't can't have any faith at all in Devin Singletree doing anything in this game. Zach Moss, of course, is yeah. out. The, the the most valuable running back for the Bills is is actually Josh Allen, and uh, the, yeah, he's he's you know even at the goal line, he's he's the one that's that's if if there is a rush to the end zone, it's usually him that's doing it potentially on a broken down play or a, or a, a, an actual designed play. So this it is tough, I think, with the running backs in this game. Like I said, Daryl Williams is the one that I've got my eye on at the moment, but that could all change if Edward Tuller mm-hmm. is is right to go on Sunday. If he's, if he's fit and he, he's suited up, it's difficult because I think if that's the case, he, he's going to take some of the, the carries away, definitely. The only way the single tree works for me is if, the Bills do the old Bill Belichick thing of suddenly coming out and doing something very different to what they've done the rest of the year. As in, they just start running and running and running. Yeah. And um, and then Singletree is going to look like an absolute bargain. But why would they change a formula that's been working for them? Yeah. Yeah. He is actually an if quite an efficient back over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, you know, 4.4 yards on average per rush, but... There just isn't really. I watch him playing. There just isn't really like a significant strength to his game that he he can fall back on. And I don't know if I don't know if that's why he's just a bit underutilized or why they felt that they needed to draft Zach Moss to have a bit more punch at the goal line. I'm I'm not sure, Mark. But when I watch Devin, Devin Singletree play, I'd, he's he's a he's a decent player, but I've no faith in actually starting him in in this kind of lineup. But it could be the kind of player where if you do start him because he's likely to be low ownership that you know that could that could turn mm. turn your match up for you. But sing, Singletree and, and Ronald Jones in a lineup, start them off together. Oh, you should God. have a fair bit of money spent 
left yeah. for and if, for it, the big if, receivers. if you hit on both of those mm. you, you're going to be a yeah. happy guy because they're like you said both both you would assume will be low ownership there's mm. obviously a lot of receivers to pick from in this game too many almost mm. I'm looking at my lineup right now and the only Kansas City guy I've actually got in is Travis Kelsey yeah Tyreek Hill's not that consistent it's price for his price he's really not that consistent fantasy points wise um, he's come down to 7.9 7.2 so which actually you know is quite a drop yeah, from where he was drop. he was at he was at nine he was at nine week 16 uh, but he just hasn't been um, if you look at it he's got some big games and stuff and he had a patch in the middle of the season where he was doing very well but since sort of week 13 he's been very up and down and obviously he was injured for some of it so yeah I can get I can get why you wouldn't pick Tyreek Hill. I think Stefan Diggs will probably be as highly owned as Kelsey. Yeah. Or Adams. Um, the funny thing about Buffalo is they have a really great uh, passing attack fantasy points-wise, as in they, I think they scored, like, if not the top, the most definitely in the top two. Fantasy points is a whole offense in the passing attack. But then last week, Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis both scored zero. You know, the previous the week before that, John Brown scored zero. So this, and this kind of comes to where I think in your fancy lineups, I think how you choose the receivers you choose between that four and a half to three and a half k range, that is going to be the difference maker at the top of the boards. Yeah, I definitely. Think, because there's a few options there, and on their day they can all do well, but there's no particular reason to beforehand to suspect one is going to be better than the other. So I mean. Yep. Anybody who comes out afterwards and says, oh, yeah, I, I was always on Cole Beasley. They don't have a real reason for that. It's just a punt. You know, we saw that a little bit with last week with people um, saying about Traquan Smith and stuff, like taking their victory lap on that. You know, you know you're going to get it right. You know, broken clock is right twice a day and all that. And um, <laughs> I think I think between the four and a half and the three K wide receivers, you're just going to you're going to get lucky or you don't. And I think it could make a big difference. Your your mate Isaiah McKenzie only had yeah. two targets, two receptions, <laughs> mind, but two targets last week as well. Yeah. Um, and he's priced at three thousand one hundred. I completely agree with you, Mark. That I think outside of the top receivers who you suspect will be very highly owned, it, it's a complete punt. Complete punt. Mm. I've actually got Gabriel Davis in a lineup at the moment because I, I know he put up a, a big fat zero last week, but I think, again, in terms of game script, I think this game is going to force Buffalo to throw the ball as much as Kansas City may be throwing the ball. So I, I, yeah. I, just, I just like him for that reason. There's no other specific sort of thing I no. can pinpoint at this stage because he's not shown the consistency. He's had some, some red zone targets, of course, but outside of Diggs, Adams, Hill, this this is this is one where, like you said, if you pick the right receiver on the right week, you have a chance of winning the money. But there's also a high chance that you're going to get it wrong. And I think this week, because of, as we've discussed, the running back position is so inconsistent for once a better phrase. I think four receivers is going to be the way to go this week for the optimal lineup. Possibly two tight ends, maybe for some money saving. Yeah, but def- but yeah, I think that's the way to go. And therefore, those they become very important. I think Dawson Knox, who I seem to pick every week now, at 2.8k. You know, if he falls into the end zone, 
He's in your lineup, is he? No, no, no. I, but I was just about going to come to him. I, I was thinking, oh, Mark, Mark's old mate Dawson Knox is there at 2 8. I wonder if Dawson Knox is, is knocking about in the lineup this week. No, this is, I think. I think if he falls into the end zone, you've kind of you've got what you want out of him. In the red zone, they do see he does seem Josh Allen does seem to like him in the red zone. I'm not sure if I would necessarily play him instead of Kelsey if I was making one lineup and was in a, if I was in a, a small field contest. But maybe you put him in as a flex play. Maybe cheap. It definitely allows you to put budget elsewhere. So I, mm. I can see why that potentially is um, is feasible. I mean, is he is he? Do you really think he's any less likely to hit value than, say, Lazard or MVS, for example? No, no. I, wouldn't, no I wouldn't necessarily. They have bigger. They have bigger. They're bigger upside. They they can hit a big play at any moment, but you can't call that. Nobody can call the big play. Nobody can say specifically Lazard was going to get that big play last week. Mm. So you know, thinking about it beforehand, you know, not looking at the results afterwards and talking in hindsight. Dawson Knox only 2.8k. Is he really a worse option than Lazard and MBS, who are a lot more expensive? I, I would say not. I suppose, like you said, that big playability maybe swings it the other way, but then at the same time... And in time, large field contests, it should do. Yeah. Then at the same time, Dawson Knox is a tight end, and we know that tight ends notoriously are targeted when it when it gets to gets to the red zone area, so in, and in fact, if I look back on Dawson Knox's scores, when he had a touchdown at Denver in week 15, he had a touchdown against Indianapolis in week 18. I'm almost certain both of those were just short dump-offs and end zone yeah. touchdown. And that's what you get from a tight end. So there's always that chance that yeah. if they get down there, he's got that chance to score. Whereas with the others, you are pretty much relying on, you're not going to get, a volume game like you would with Devontae Adams or a necessarily high yardage game unless they do break off one of those big plays like we saw with Lazard last week. If you take that away from him last week, which was essentially down to blown coverage, no one picking him up. If you take that away, it's a very, very average stat line. So, yeah. And nobody can predict those big plays. They're, they're, they're part of the variance and stuff. This would be a great subject when we do some strategy stuff in the off-season. This, this is kind of a great example of it. And we'll see how it plays out this weekend. Now, it doesn't matter what the result is. Personally, I think the theory is the same still. You know, you talk about the big playability and stuff. Take away that Aaron Jones 60-yard um, run. He's still scored more points than Dawson Ox. Yeah. He's, about, he's over twice the price. So looking at it beforehand... So it comes. It all comes down to the contest you're in. If you're playing 100,000 people, you need to pick the big play player. If you're playing 237 people, go for a bit, bit more consistency. Yeah. And if you're just trying to, and if you're just spending little bits of money, then you know they're all the same, really. Yeah. I know we touched on the defense, and it's not something we need to talk about for, for a long time at all, Mark, because we know we know the story with defenses, but. You know the Tampa Bay is the one that is the the cheapest. The Bills is two thousand eight hundred. Yeah. The Chiefs is three thousand one hundred. So they're all there and thereabouts in terms of price. Is is there any defense that you're favouring here over the Bucks defense? Not particularly favouring, but the Bills makes more sense out of the two for me, just because I you know we all expect Mahomes to pass concussion protocol, but we don't know how this toe injury is going to affect him, and if it puts his mechanics off, he could easy with his strong arm, he could even easily sell some passes. 
get intercepted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, the Bills' defense is pretty consistent as well in terms of there's, there's usually a good, you know, three to four sacks there most weeks. Mm-hmm. There's usually a turnover there as a as a burn minimum, either an interception or a fumble recovery. So. They've got that big playability that you want from a defense, the point scoring ability that you'd want from a defense. So if I was looking at one of the two, I would probably say Buffalo would be the one I'd go mm. for there as well. And part of that is probably just because it's three hundred dollars cheaper as well. Yep, yep. It's a, again, defense is so variable. Anybody who says they know what's going to happen with the defensive scoring before the game is not telling you the truth. It's yep. like it's so random. So just. Just go, just pick the defense that fits in best for you the rest of your lineup. Mark, we said this was going to be short and sweet, but I feel like we've been 40 minutes again. <laughs> As yeah, we've done quite well, haven't we? Yeah. We try and do an hour on the Super Bowl when it's only two teams. <laughs> we'll literally start talking be, about. Be a lot of in depth stuff, though, a lot of next yeah. gen stuff coming out. We might need to get, we might need to get someone like Stocks and Murph on to talk about um, fifth string practice squad receivers <laughs> and things like that there and stuff. Like. We might even have to do a, a Pro Bowl review to bulk that out as well. Oh, gosh. Fun, fun, <laughs> fun as always, Mark. One thing I didn't mention last week is where the listeners can, of course, find us. So I am on Twitter at Nick of Wigan. Mark, where can the listeners find yourself? I'm at underscore SMRF. Taking applications for friend number two, ready for next year's Super Bowl competition. If anyone did miss it at the start of the pod, I will just mention again that you should, if you've not already, be heading over to at Five Yard Rush. We have a Super Bowl feast up for grabs. Follow at Five Yard Rush on Twitter and follow Hickory's at Hickory's underscore. There is a pinned tweet on the Five Yard Rush site. Just comment two of your mates on there. Do not tag us. We can't win it. Don't tag any of the Five Yard guys. They can't win it either. This is just for you, the listeners and the followers. Tag two of your mates and you stand a chance at winning a Super Bowl feast that will be delivered directly to your door. Best of luck with that. Best of luck, Mark, with your lineups this weekend. Mm -hmm. And best of luck, the listeners, with yours as well. Hopefully, smaller pool. We might see some winners next time we're talking. We will we will see. Mark, I've enjoyed this. I look forward to it's the next good. one, which will likely come in a couple of weeks because I, I doubt we'll be doing one for the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, even be, I don't play Pro Bowl DFS. Be a couple of weeks until the listeners hear from us again. But thanks as always for listening, guys. Gamble responsibly, as we always tell you, and as the bookies, of course, tell you. It is your money that you're playing with. But for this format, the most important thing that the listeners should do, Mark, is... Draft responsibly. Correct. See you in a couple of weeks. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.